And a very good day to you. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We come before you right now. We thank you for your mercy and your grace in our lives. We thank you for spending time meticulously molding us in our mother's womb with your with your beautiful hands, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you knew these listeners, you knew these people on the internet before they uh, you formed the foundation of the earth. I thank you today, Lord, that you have forgiven us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness if we confess our sins to you. First John chapter one verse nine. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that if we believe by faith in your Son Jesus, then believe that you raised him from the dead, that we confess him as Lord, that we shall be saved, according to Romans chapter ten verse nine. So, Lord, today thank you, Lord. You did not just purchase. Uh, your, uh, send your son to the cross to shed his blood so that we would come to heaven. That is a part of it. Eternal life is a part of this. But the other part is that we are a new identity. We have a new identity now because you've given us a new spirit. And we are no longer slaves, but we are free. We're no longer captives to sin. We're no longer captives to sickness and disease. We are free. We are free on this earth. We shall not only be free in heaven, we are free right now in the name of Jesus to any believer in Christ who has received Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. And Lord, we thank you today. We bless your holy name. We, we thank you and we are grateful for everything that you have done. And now, Lord, you, you ask us, you command us to go into all the world to preach the same good news that we got uh, that led us to you, to everyone else. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that by signs and wonders, those signs are for the unbeliever, that the unbeliever standing in front of us, that they will also come to the knowledge of the truth, that you are good, you are faithful, and you are the only way, the only truth, and the only life, and the only life, and, and the only way to come to the Father is through you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you today. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so Romans chapter 5 this week. It says, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. Okay, what does justified by faith mean? Well, where does the faith come from? We did not create faith ourselves. Good things come down from the Father of lights, according to the Bible. And faith is a good thing. You could believe in the Lord with faith. You can believe to be saved by your faith. But where does faith come from? Faith comes from the Lord. The Bible says that he has given to each of us a measure of faith. So, and Jesus also said in Mark chapter 11, that if uh, we have the uh, faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, and we will tell this mountain to move into the sea or cast into the sea, and do not doubt, it would happen. So that means uh, that you don't need hardly any faith at all to move a mountain into the sea. So it should be very easy to use the faith that you have to accomplish whatsoever uh, you desire, but make sure that desire is in line with God's will and that you are doing his work upon the earth. You're going about your father's business and not your own business, working and collaborating with him. But that faith that you have been given by the Lord is enough as an unbeliever to become a believer because you have to be able to believe 
in the name of Jesus. You believe you have to believe that God raised him from the dead. You have to believe that uh, Jesus uh, is the Son of God, and that that he that you want and desire him to come into your heart. Amen. So when you believe by faith in these things, then you are justified by that faith. You are justified by the fact you believed in those things, and God's grace allows you to receive his son. Amen. So therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, outside of Christ, we would not have peace with God because our mind is carnal until it becomes renewed based on Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And remember that outside of Christ, amen, uh, if you have, if you do not have Jesus, if you do not yet believe in him, if you have not received him in your heart, then you have, are not yet born again. So you do not yet have peace with God because you can only stand before the Lord, before the God the Father uh, in Christ. Amen. Uh, because God has put his wrath on his son at the cross, all of our sins, past, present, and future. Uh, our carnal minds are at enmity, are at war with God. And so the only way to have peace with the Father is through Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. When he sees you, he should actually see Jesus instead. Amen. So that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. But but God is God loves justice. He's a holy God, and you must uh, attain the standard, Amen. That God sets the standard of perfection. But we cannot do that without Christ. We we cannot achieve that without uh, uh, being in Christ, Amen. And that's why Jesus is the only way to the Father. Verse two. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and which uh, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So that means that we've we've obtained access to the Father by faith being justified through Christ. And it's the grace of God which allows us, as I said just now, to be able to uh, to to be in front of the Father, to to know the Father, to uh, to stand in front of Him, Amen. Because on on the judgment day, you don't want to be outside of Christ. You don't want to be an unbeliever on that day. You want to be a believer. You want to be in Christ because you want to be able to stand boldly and confidently in front of the Lord, and you'll be in Christ, and Christ would have paid for all of your sins, past, present, and future. His blood his his blood is enough. Amen. His blood is stronger and enough for the most evil sin that you've ever committed. The blood is powerful. More than that. Amen. The blood of Christ is enough to cast out demons. It's enough to raise the dead. It's it's enough to cleanse the lepers. It's enough to do all things necessary for God's will. The power of God by his Holy Spirit is 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 amazing and the blood has paid for all these things and uh the power of god through this holy spirit in you in the believer is enough to do what's necessary on the earth to bring heaven to earth amen 
the will of God from heaven to earth. So then we move on. Uh, It's verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. So when you first read this verse, you might say, who on earth would rejoice in their sufferings? Well, remember, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Romans, and Paul knows well, uh, more, uh, very well about suffering. He suffered much. Um, he says, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Why, why do we need to rejoice in our sufferings? Well, here's the next part of the verse 3. Knowing, that's, knowing that suffering produces endurance. So that means that endurance doesn't come automatically. You have to suffer to get to endure you know, how many times have people prayed for patience only to be met by more uh, challenges that would test their patience? That is the way patience is, is obtained. It's by going through things that force you to be patient. So the same, the same thing here. Suffering produces endurance, but then uh, God's word doesn't stop there because then there's a chain, there's a good chain reaction here Verse 4, and endurance produces character. So that means that character cannot be produced without endurance, and endurance cannot be produced without suffering. But suffering is the first thing in the list. After character, it says, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Verse 5, because God's love has been poured out, sorry, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Verse 5, verse 6, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's a, a part of the verse that you might hear a lot of people quote from time to time in conversations, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's verse 8 of chapter 5 of Romans. That means that Christ didn't die for us when we were on our best behavior. Christ died for us even while we were in our sin, doing whatever we were doing, blaspheming the Lord. God knew that what sins we would uh, partake in, He knew what things that we would accuse him of. Uh, He knew how um, that we might lie and steal and kill. And those these things are the commandments, Ten Commandments. But yet, even with the knowledge that God had of all of this, of all humankind, and if you add up all those sins of humankind, past, present, and future, and God knows all things, so he knows the complete 100% list of every single sin that will ever be committed on the earth, then you have to understand now the love and the power of the love of God and the depths of the love of God, the depth and the breadth and the width and the height, all those things, to to, for him to be able to say, I know that my creation is going to do this, has done all these things, and will do these things in the future, but I still love them, so much so that I will send my son for my creation, because my creation needs to be reconciled back to me. 
That's powerful love. That is love that is unconditional. God loves the sinner, and God loves the saved. God loves the Christian who still sins. God loves everyone. God does not want anyone to perish. So it's important that we understand uh, and get more familiar in our time with the Lord and recognize familiarity with love, his love for us, amen, regardless of what we do. That doesn't mean that we're supposed to sin because God loves us. That's, that's an incorrect teaching. We are not supposed to be sinning because it's God's grace that has caused Jesus to come to the cross through the whipping post and be persecuted and die for our sins and his blood shed on that cross, on that tree, so that we would be reconciled, that we would be uh, restored back to the way God created us to be in the first place and to walk this earth spreading the good news of the gospel. Uh, It says here in verse 9, Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, so now you know why you're justified. You're justified by faith in verse 1. And faith in Jesus means faith that you believe in him, that you want to receive him as your Lord and your Savior, faith that God raised him from the dead, and that you are now confessing Jesus as Lord. Amen. But justified by his blood means that this blood has also justified you. If it wasn't for Jesus' blood, we there would be no salvation whatsoever. If Jesus had gone to the whipping post and had suffered at the, the lashings and the and the stripes of by the Romans, then we would still be able to be healed today. We could still lay hands on the sick. But if he had not made it to the cross, if he had not shed his blood, then, or, or perhaps let's just say between the whipping post and the cross, Jesus sinned, then there will be no salvation because he had to go all the way to the cross and on the cross still not sin for the sin for the wrath of God to be placed upon him. So verse 9, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. We are saved from the wrath of God by the love of God through Christ who we believe in as Lord and Savior. Verse 10, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. We need to ponder this verse for just one moment, because this is incredible. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. We were enemies, and we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. We were enemies of God, and he still went through and sent his son for us while we were still enemies. Remember that everyone, until they're in Christ, they are an enemy of God because they they do not have uh, a peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ from verse 1 of this same chapter. So we're all enemies until we are saved and we become in Christ because our carnal minds, our sin, it's an, an abomination to the Lord. It, it's, it's a filth. It's, it's, a, it's a terrible thing and God hates sin. 
He doesn't he doesn't hate us because we sin. He hates sin that's causing us to slip. And he wants and he knows he has uh better things for us. God didn't create the sin. The fact that Adam and Eve sinned at the tree of the knowledge of uh, good and evil in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, is what allowed sin into the world. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were enemies, the Bible says in verse 10, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son. So imagine all of the all of God's creation being his enemy before his son went to pay by his blood on the cross in order for us to have peace with God through Christ having finished the works amen that's incredible so for if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life we are reconciled. We are reconciled in spirit because God gives us a brand new spirit when we are saved, when, when we become born again. When, at that moment that we truly in our heart believe that God raised him from the dead that, and, you, and you ask for the Lord uh, into your heart and you give him your life, you say, Lord, I am now not my own. I have been bought with a price, then it prices your blood. So that means, Lord, I'm not my own. You now own me. And it's the trust me, the Lord Jesus is a much better owner than your previous one. Your previous owner was the devil, because the Bible says that we were once children of the devil, and now we're children of God, growing up into sons and daughters, and God is waiting for us. And, the, and in, indeed, the world groans, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. That means the world out there, people that are hateful to you, spitefully use you, um, they speak badly about you, uh, they cut you off in traffic. These any 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 bad thing that someone does to you, it's really it's a spirit that's in them or upon them. It's influencing them. The enemy is influencing them to continue to do these things. But at the end of the day, it's a soul that is crying out for salvation. They may not be saying to you, I need Jesus, but really what they're saying in what they say to you hatefully is, I need a savior. I'm tired of the way that my life is. I need a savior. But they're not saying it out loud. They need to have the good news explained to them so that they know that there is a way out of this. And it's the way, the truth, and the life. It's Jesus. And that's why we need to talk to people about Jesus so that there, no matter what they believe they've done, there is nothing more strong than the blood of Jesus that would take them out of their situation and translate them from out of the powers of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved son. That's uh, the son of the father. That's Jesus. Amen. So that's why we have to be uh, good stewards of God's word. We have to follow the Lord, and and preach the gospel to all creation. Amen? So then we go on to verse 11. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Amen. Uh, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man. Now, who was that one man? 
That was Adam. And in Genesis chapter 3, uh, where it talks about the fall of man, Adam and Eve at the tree, okay? Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. So that means that when they sinned at the tree, Adam and Eve, sin came into the world. And not only sin, but death came in through sin. Because death is the same nature as sin. Sin leads to death. The wages of sin are death, the Bible says. And so death came in through that same door that sin came in through. So sin came in through the door. Death came in through the door. As soon as they ate that fruit, they disobeyed the Lord because the Lord said to them, uh, whatever you can, you can eat of all these trees, just not this one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in that day you will surely die. Um, as soon as they ate of that fruit, the door opened to sin, and in came in death. And then it says, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. Well, how does that work? Why isn't it that just Adam and Eve died, but we all lived eternally without the need of a Savior? Okay, this needs to be taught. This needs to be explained. It's because we all came from the lineage of Adam as a fallen that's why we we are always told, you know, when when we when we are born, we are born into sin. Um, this this is a, a a phrase that you use that we hear often, but the truth is that the the Bible doesn't say we are born into sin. Like in other words, it doesn't say that the the second we start breathing out of our mother's womb, we are sinning. We have already sinned because a baby doesn't know how to curse or blaspheme God. It's just started to breathe. But the inherent nature, because of the seed of Adam and the seed of fallen man being, and that lineage causes the baby growing up to eventually start to do evil, uh, have leanings to do uh, a tendency to do, to know how to lie and steal and kill. Um, now, the baby may never kill anyone, but the baby is surely going to lie at some point in the first 10 years of its life or the first 30 years at some point because the Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So that means there's not one perfect. Uh, only God is perfect. Amen. And that's why we need a Savior. Uh, so it says here, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin was is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. That means that Jesus eventually would come on the scene and he would correct what Adam failed at the tree. Uh, and we will carry on this chapter um, next week as we, as we go through the rest of chapter 5 of Romans. Because it's important to understand that one, through one man, we all sinned. Amen. But if we skip to verse 17... We'll see, for if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So there's the verse that take 
to take away with you this week to study and to meditate and ask the Lord to teach you about that. That's verse 17 of chapter 5 of Romans. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, Lord, we just thank you today that anyone under the sound of my voice, Lord, if they wish to receive you, all they need to do is say these things. Lord Jesus, I have sinned. I am a sinner. But, Lord, I seek to be saved by your grace, by faith in believing in that God raised you from the dead and that you are the Son of God and that now I shall start confessing you that you are my Lord, Jesus. You are my Lord. Sports, gambling, drinking, drugs, they are no longer my gods. They are no longer my lords. But now, Lord Jesus, I will follow you. I will take up my cross. I will seek you every day. And Lord, I will follow you. I will do as you did upon this earth and greater works you told me to do because you went to the Father. I thank you, Lord, today for forgiving me of all my sins, past, present, and future. I thank you, Lord, for the future sins. You will forgive me as soon as I confess them to you and that you will also cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I thank you, Lord, today for coming into my heart, teaching me who I now am through your word and... Lord, giving me strength and encouragement and and spending time with you in the secret place to get to know you, to get to know your character, and to fellowship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, to, we're going to close out with a prayer for any sickness and disease amongst you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I cast out all sickness and disease from your body. I break its power by the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name of sickness and disease. So right now, every name of sickness that's underneath the name of Jesus that's dwelling in your body or trying to come against you, I command it to leave you. I cast it out in Jesus' name. I command life, restoration in your body from head to toe, everything in between in Jesus' name. I speak strength to your body, strength to your immune system, strength to your stomachs, and digestive tracts. Thank you, Lord, today for their bloodstream running pure. I thank you, Lord, for blood sugar levels being normal, blood pressure being normal, cholesterol. Thank you, Lord, for their heart organs being strong. Thank you, Lord, that their bones, tendons, ligaments, joints, and muscles, they are all aligned right now. Both legs be the same length as each other right now. Back be healed, spine be whole, brain be whole, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can... uh, Listen, uh, listen in to other programs uh, on YouTube. Uh, if you do a search for Touch of God Radio, we're also on uh, Facebook at Touch of God Radio as well. If you'd like us to pray for you, uh, the email address is touchofgodradio at gmail.com. That's touchofgodradio at gmail.com. Otherwise, uh, you have a blessed week. God bless you.